Well, I'm not a millennial. They know nothing about Office 365. After a good single malt, you sound like one. What can I get you guys? Oh, the usual podcast whiskey, something unique. This is a well-stacked bar. We've got a lot to cover, Steve, so let's pace ourselves. Or an extra whiskey tonight for all those cloud technology heroes. That's just an excuse. We are the heroes. What are you talking about? Our podcast, Office 365 Distilled. How are your nuts? <laughs> Episode 41, and quite frankly, folks, it's so hot we really don't give a shit. <laughs> Rain's just took a mouthful of peanuts, he's drinking water, and... Uh, ah, is that better? Much we, better. We much couldn't better. be bothered to close the door, it's too warm, so... Yeah, when the dog barks, you're really going to hear the dog bark, but... No. Episode 41, we don't care, it's a bit like our first one. I, uh, the, well, we were pretty nervous at our first. That's when true. When we lost our virginity on the podcast world. That's true. So much has happened. And at some point, that's isn't that how you recognize the master? If he doesn't care anymore about the, the mistakes he could make as a student, something like that. Isn't there a Zen Buddhism quote that you can spit out here? You will learn in time. Exactly, something <laughs> like that. Yes, or Hakuna Matata or whatever. Yeah, what yeah. a wonderful thing. Mm. Oh, cool. So, yes, so this tech podcast that talks about whiskey is now talking about Disney cartoons. Exactly. Which it's, I guess has a stupid link all the way back to, uh, you know, Apple Computers and Steve Jobs and the world is linked. Why? Did he like whiskey? <laughs> I mean, nice one how did you go from disney <laughs> technology what? technology windows okay, and okay. bill gates and steve jobs have you ever read steve jobs autobiography the the big one the big thick book uh, steve jobs by walter isaacson no you no, should not it that is one. it no. is really really very entertaining and it's the one that steve jobs actually was the only one he got into so okay. the guy met him for the last kind of six months of his life and actually got the gem and uh it was okay. incredibly okay. Uh, incredibly good read and uh yeah you realize that uh the guy was kind of special but he was also a bit of a special person let's put it that way well, I think you have to be a special person if you want to make it. If you want to make it big, I mean, if you look at all these, like Elon Musk, I mean, how weird is he? But he's he's getting the results. He's changing the world. Bill Gates himself as well. Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer was dancing on stage in front of thousands of people and just jumping and doing all crazy stuff. I mean. So you're saying this industry eventually turns you insane? No, I think you have to be insane to, to be start. in this industry. <laughs> no, I disagree with that. No. It's interesting you talk about change. I had a great conversation with my girls at the weekend and about the fact that um, the uh, Amazon guy, whose name's gone, Jeff. Bezos. Yeah, yeah. yeah is, is likely to be the first um, billionaire from this uh, sort of group of people. 
So personal wealth of over oh no trillion trillion yeah of trillionaire trillionaire yeah, yeah. but and he he just had a divorce and he had to give away thirty six trillion dollars a billion dollars or something stupid because like, yeah. I started looking at it and the way that it works is that basically they took the kind of top twenty five entrepreneurs or richest people mm -hmm. in the world to mm -hmm. work out who would become the first trillionaire yeah and of course my girls were sitting there going nobody should have that much money you know. No. <laughs> because then you have more money than than some countries have as but but it's not real money that's what i try to say it's, it's not true. it's not like it's he, he looks at his bank account and it says do 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 it's just no, it's assets yes. and the shares in his company that he yeah. spent years at and this is a guy that when he set up amazon wouldn't buy anybody a desk they had two yes. two tripods and a door from the local yes. handyman store yeah. and a stool yeah. and that's what and that was like that for two years until yeah. they eventually worked out how they could make this pay for itself how brilliant is that? I know. But it sets the mindset. And SpaceX, exactly. I was reading the other day, they've just released a bunch of satellites again. 556 satellites in one launch. Yeah. You know, it's, to try and set their interest. Crazy. Yeah, it's the crazy. vision. It is yeah, true. Absolutely. It is it's, true. It's, it's awesome. It's, that, it's one of the subjects I wanted to try and talk about that. It leads us into it quite nicely. Um, on the basis that, you know, we start off, Office 365 with our customers and our customers have this vision about where they want to get to. And well, it, that's a big assumption to start off with that our customers <laughs> know where they want to get to. Some the of them wise. just say everyone is using Office 365, so we have to use Office 365 as well. But at some point they have to sit down and go, "Yes, boss, I know I need to invest 3 million over the next five years to actually get this done and get the team in and all that blah, mm. da, 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 da. so somebody at some point has to write down that this is the benefits and what we're going to get from it and this is the timeline that nobody will ever meet yeah all right i mean as much as you and i get it's involved the vision. and try and get things done so yeah that's what i started off with when you yeah. went no most people do it because they copy everybody else so no, I, yes. I, the, anyway, let's go back let's yeah, go back okay. so they have this vision and earlier we were sat in there talking and I was saying, so how do you measure the success of that vision? And yeah. how, how do you go through the program? So, you know, the, the, we, should, we should do the five steps of alcoholism here, whatever they are, you know, the <laughs> 10 steps. But 10 steps of Office 365, there we go. So, you know, it's the kind of, um, you know, set up the, the cloud and the environment, set up the security, you know, yep. work out what the governance and the applications are going to be at, work out what your rollout plan is, work out what your adoption strategy is. Mm -hmm. Great. The five steps to Office 365 alcoholism, yeah? But <laughs> when uh -huh. you get to six, step six, and somebody said, so, you spent the three million? Yeah. Were you successful? Hmm. How, but, but yeah, that, that brings to you, like, how do you measure collaboration, for example? A great question. Yeah. So uh, we want to collaborate better. Okay, cool, but yeah. How are we collaborating now? Yeah. Well, we're talking to each other, aren't we? That's true. Let's not bother going to the cloud because we're talking to each other. Um, but actually, I have a long way to talk to you because we're not allowed to be in the same room together anymore. No, we need to be on the uh, different opposite planets. sides of the... Yeah. Different planets. Your mother had an interesting experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. So just, well, just to try to measure success and, you know, quality. Yeah, exactly. So we were we were talking about how you would measure success in in would that be like um because 
we have so many hundreds of million people logging into Office 365 each day. And how can we measure if they are happy? But then again, my mother is a typical desk worker, front desk, uh, so like a reception area. Um, and she has to work with Office 365. And she's complaining and... and, and don't listen to this mom but she's bitching about it <laughs> and no she because it's she's she's not in her 30s anymore uh, she only has a few years to go before retirement and she's just she doesn't want to learn new stuff it, so she so doesn't care you, uh, the reason i brought it up was because you, you the way you quoted it was she came out from work the other day yeah. and she said she said now they installed this office 365 on my uh, machine at work and i can't work with it and i can't deal with it and all my <laughs> my uh quick links have disappeared and all i have to now put things in folders but the folders are not on my desktop anymore so does that mean that there is an expectation that it will get worse before it gets better is that a normal trend i don't know for a long time in organizations IT was looked at as being a necessary evil, which was hard, definitely. And they spend because all the money that IT. we earn. And then they spend it on IT that we don't need. Exactly. And it yes. all goes over budget. Yes. And then we got a new laptop. And before I can even log in, I already have to wait two more minutes. And then I have to click on five different windows. And I have to, all these pop-ups that I have to clean out. So IT is difficult. And IT is only here to make our life miserable. Okay, but so that has changed the last exactly, few years. Exactly, yeah, that's where Absolutely. I was going. So to be fair, yeah. a lot of those sort of bitching points, Microsoft seemed to have hit one way or another. Yeah. There's always a but. I wanted to say but, <laughs> but I didn't want to say it, but it actually came out. So no. So there is a but, of course, yeah. in that you've then got the organ, IT has got to change and say, okay, so in future now, we will buy our laptops from this organization mm -hmm. and it goes straight to the end user and all they have to do is to turn it on Type in their email address, press go, yes. and we will then set it up. Yeah, there will be on this autopilot feature, and that will just run and do everything by itself. Do you know anybody that's done that? I know a few people who have the well, who, are, who are configuring Big those companies. type of things. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. I, I still see people still have problems with a lot of this stuff. I have a, I have a customer that um, uh, I said, oh, okay, look, let's get whiteboard rolled out. All right, mm -hmm. we've got all these people on conference calls now, hundreds of hours a, a week of, of conference calls. And that's only when they work 40 hours a week. It just feels like 100 hours a week of, of conference calls. Yeah. So the whiteboard would be mm -hmm. ideal. They can do brainstorming with post-its and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da and done. And they went, yeah, that's okay. So then they went away and they went, have you got the package for it? And I went... The what now? Well, there isn't a package yeah. for it. It's from the Windows Store. Oh, we can't set Windows Store up. That's way too complicated. Oh, yeah. And we've never done it like that before. We just create packages. And so you suddenly realize that this organization is not using any Windows system update software. They're nope. not working any command line. They, nope. they're just, they are doing out. it the same way as they've been doing it for 25 years. So is that part of your value as your success criteria? How do you mean? How IT can work with... Going to the cloud will improve oh. the business, and do, we, we all think about the front-end stuff, but what about the back-end stuff? Mm -hmm. Do we actually expect a quantity of improvement at the back-end stuff? Should IT change? Uh, they're all great questions, and I'm not sure yeah. I know the answer. Yeah. Well, I do know the answers. The answer is yes. 
Yes to everything. But, <laughs> but if the, in doubt, the question, yes. Yeah, but the question is not just like should they, but also how much and in what direction. And will they? And, yes. And are they able to? And are they being facilitated to do those things? Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, the priority of work that you need to do within IT nowadays is obviously, especially from an agile perspective, it's all about feeding into the business. And I was brought up, when I was kind of managing $50 million budgets and all that kind of stuff, then that budget was always split into three areas. One was the, there's a part of it that says, hey, we have to manage these 10 data centers, so how much do you need to manage these 10 data centers? And mm-hmm. how many projects did you start this year that you, you're keeping on this year? So the first bit was obviously the cost, the running costs, the... Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Um, keeping the lights the, the, on the yeah. technical debt yeah, yeah the bits that we're committed to then the next bit was okay the improvements now updating mm-hmm. servers updating this updating the other and then the next bit was business focused projects you know projects that the business need that they need to do whereas now in an agile world they basically go okay kind of forget everything else but I really want you to focus on what the business need because we need to get ultimate extended value out of this when you keep doing that and you focus on getting all the happiness out of the business, your back-end stuff like the team that really should be looking and spending some resources in understanding Windows yeah. Store, for example, the data yeah. centers, mm-hmm. you know, space, yeah. throughput capacity, yeah. tends to end up being a lower priority. And it, and it should not be. So anybody no. listening here, okay, never forget that you will still have infrastructure costs. You will still have people costs. You will still have to update things especially if you're doing things like itil you know yep. where everything has to be recorded and tracked and you best have a record of all the changes you've done yep. so again i come back to how you measure your success mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of time it's true and, and if you can do that actually there's some areas that i don't know how well how do you decide that a user is more content in office 365 than before you can't. And um, happiness is a very a deceiving factor. Deceiving. Um, yes. You think because, you're happy. Well, you're not. <laughs> exactly. Because, uh, but that, th- my answer is going to lead us way out of IT. But I just, uh, because I just had my uh, holidays and I have been, uh, I continued reading the, um, uh, what's that book again? Um, the No Sapiens or something from from Harari. No, I think it's called the the book's called Sapiens, if I'm not mistaken. About uh, the, the the evolution of mankind into what we are right now. And one of his examples, uh, when he's, he's he's talking about happiness, one of his examples is <clears throat> you've got uh, two people and you measure how you ask them how happy they are today. Okay. So you got a number. Um, the one gets into an accident, loses his leg. The other one wins the, the lotto and he becomes a millionaire. After a year, you ask them again if their happiness has improved or not. And they will probably both say, both give the answer that they're as equally as happy as right before that event. Because happiness is just hormones that are acting up and then just go down again because if we would be constantly happy we wouldn't get shit done that's why an orgasm only takes 
like a few seconds and it then it dies down <laughs> otherwise we'd never get anything otherwise done. we would never get <laughs> shit done exactly exactly nice, nice and that's all evolution and nature and whatever so happiness is very deceiving you might be super happy with your uh, two screen layout and then you at some point you go to a customer and there you got three screens and then you come back home, it's like, oh, I only have two screens. Now I'm not happy anymore. But, but that's just me being greedy. Yes, of course. But it might be about an application. Okay. I, it I might get be, it. I get it. All right. You yeah. can't decide happy scores. Great. No, happy, happy doesn't matter. So what does? Excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> so you got into the Sapien story and, and got yes. the book that you did on holiday. You know, most people go on holiday and they read James Bond or, you know, uh, Harry Potter because they can chill and relax. And you read No, Sapiens. this this is a very relaxed book and, and he's, a, he's a famous guy who wrote three books and they're all kind of interlinked to each other. Um, okay, and he, he also gives talks around the world. But very interesting books anyway. Um, all right, but it's not going to help us work out Exactly. How we can, what's no. our KPI for a yes. successful... Yes. So one that we talked about earlier, how, how do you define the collaboration level today? Well, I think you need to break it down into certain areas. For example, if you say, okay, Corona hits us and now we need to do uh, better virtual meetings or we need to start doing virtual meetings. We can track that. Is we're, that collaboration then, a virtual meeting? It's a form of collaboration. Everything's a form of collaboration. Of course. Yeah, of course. But I mean, those are things that you can track. Like, for example, people start using Teams, for example, uh, or using Zoom um, for their uh, virtual meetings. And after, or after every few weeks or after every meeting, you can ask them, like, was this a good experience? Like one to five score, for example. So instead of happiness, we talk about experience. Yes. So, is Office 365 a better experience than before? On the basis that we've probably complicated people's lives. True. And so, so that idea of a Teams call or of a Zoom call or a mm -hmm. Skype call about your experience is very specific about that call. Yes. Because my the meeting experience may be poor because nobody agreed with what I wanted them to do. But mm -hmm. the technical delivery of it, the experience of that was very yes. high. Yes. So, so which one which one do we need to track? Do we need well, to track the technical delivery or do we need to track the outcome of the meeting? And is a combination of the two their happiness score? <laughs> but probably, yeah. yeah. But, but that, that's, that's, that's an interesting question. So let's go back then to what we should... <laughs> but then again, if everyone in the meeting just does what you say that they have to do, doesn't that make you a tyrant instead of just like a good boss? So I, It doesn't, we, doesn't say anything if you're a good boss or a bad boss. So we come back to what's collaboration. <laughs> yes. Okay. True, true, true. No, I think you need to you need to drill it down into scenarios or areas of collaboration. For example, um, how well is information uh, or news, for example, uh, handled within your organization? How well are uh, documents being handled throughout your organization? We had a customer together a few years ago 
um, where they were building machines and we were talking with the uh, uh, logistics people and they were always complaining every time they build a machine they always forget how big a shipping container is so they they build these machines and they can't fit in the shipping container so we have to do all kinds of crazy stuff to move them around because we can't put them in a container haven't they read our document around how big is a shipping container stuff like that but that type of that type of response fixes a particular issue but restricts their creativity restricts their creativity yes. but creativity could also be a uh, a form of uh, or a success factor how creative are we how many ideas do we get how many ideas do we shoot down how many ideas do we pursue so what's the target improvement that depends or do you want to oh, do you want to bring down costs that's, what did you just say it depends okay so i need to quote you today <laughs> um if the look at this swinging his leg on the corner oh, oh shit i said it depends yeah. so um sven um yeah. my friend who we offered a bottle of whiskey to or mm -hmm. i returned a bottle of whiskey uh, on the last call that he only found out about today and was very very happy um said to me today that he thinks that we should set up the next podcast and every time somebody says it depends they have to slug a shot of whiskey all right <laughs> and then let's just see what the podcast ends up like after after we've done that yeah 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 no 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 that's not a good but let's, idea let's yeah. let's do a few analogies no, i'm but... not i'm not even going to do a whiskey analogy for a minute let's no. do let's do my other favorite subject in the world which is formula 1 oh okay all right let's 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 take take that I, I, I knew it was something with curves but i didn't guess formula one okay. <laughs> okay so the definition of success is being the first car that passes the line at the end of the race yes or even bigger the definition of success is winning the championship at the end of the season yeah. so there's a specific known target that they know that they need to get to true but that is because you're all doing with the number of people you're all doing something and you've got a specific end goal so what are they In doing business, yeah they're all racing to be number one that's not true i think okay. it's, i think i'd break it down even more than that yes they're all focused on the goal of being number one there's no doubt about that but if that was just the case it would be a dead heat by all 20 teams because they're all aiming to be number one and working as efficiently as possible. Yeah. But there's variety in each of the teams on how they decide to move it forward. On how and the they ideas, do it. Yeah. And, and the ideas they take that yeah. I'm going to focus on the engine more than the aerodynamics or mm -hmm. others I'm going to focus on the tires. And that whole process is very much a collaborative-led collaborative uh, process. Yes. Okay. yes. So the efficiency within everything from... You know, the design, the cutting, the aero, the da-da-da, all the way through to the engineers putting the car together, the team that put the garage together, the guy that prepares the driver, the all of that kind of stuff, to the guy that decides the strategy and the tire call for the race, and then the guy that makes, you know, all the way through, there is... a huge amount of detailed process. These people oh, yeah. are so process-driven. Uh, and they're able to change and redirect quickly within the bounds of what they're trying to aim for. Mm -hmm. And it's there's, there's, there's only 10 of these teams in the world, 
running at that caliber where they build the car all the way through to race it and managing it it can't be compared to any of the racing racing series and mm. um teams go bust all the time because they're also trying to run it as a business and all those kinds of things yeah mm-hmm. so it's a real living thing and where am i going with this i don't know i just like talking about formula <laughs> one maybe but yeah. where, where i'm going to this is that they know what the target is so True. we're now going to roll so, out office 365 what is our target well, that is that is the big question. So, do you wanna, for example, maybe um, you're selling something, you're selling paper books, and paper books are not selling very well anymore for the last twenty years. So maybe you need to diversify. So you need to be creative and come up with new business ideas while your um, um, uh, lowering your costs of of working. So lowering your costs of working might be something like, okay, let's get rid of these big uh, servers and these big archives. Let's move into Office 365 to lower our costs, for example. That, that's a business goal. Yes. So what about the IT team that is running Office 365? What is their goal? Well, if it if it's about lowering costs, for example, they might say, okay, we've got two guys that are going to hit their pension next year um so we need to make sure that we don't need to attract new people to do their work and make it easier automate more so that we don't have to replace these people so that we can lower the cost but we've had podcasts before where we've said quite clearly you don't reduce the number of people when you go to the cloud the number of people that are always needed one way or another whether it's you know more service focused so so it's not about saving people no, not really, but I'm I'm just I'm just trying to give an example. No, that's okay. I'm so, just trying to get to the ultimate answer here and, and yeah. I am playing devil's advocate, which yeah. is fine. I haven't done this for a while. So so let's talk about that goal. So I can give you an example for for, for this year, of course. Um the one of the organizations that I work with is moving away from the dreaded Lotus Notes. Okay. All right, into yeah. the cloud. But there's a business reason for that, no? Or yes, is that just an IT reason? No, no, no. So there, that is a business goal. There's yeah. no doubt about that. I mean, the fact that it's, you know, kind of end of life 40 years ago yeah. and we're mm-hmm. still running it. But if we had not made the decision to go to the cloud, we'd have died in these last six months. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was a timely manner and, and I'm guessing they're behind the curve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are other people that are uh, equally late in this game. Of course, yeah. So is it then that if you and I, who've, who've been doing this for 20 years, if not more, between us certainly, um, cannot think of the one goal, that one passing the finishing line, maybe there's more than one. Oh yeah, but absolutely. There's always more than one because in a business, if, if I'm running a business, if I'm selling nuts, for example, I, I don't want to, of course, I want to be the largest nut distributor and sales thing in the world. But do I want to, I don't know, there, there are so many ways how you can do that. And okay, so, so many but let's ways. focus on what the goals are for Office 365 yeah. before you go on one of your other analogies that doesn't quite get where we need to get to. So, <laughs> so, but I just love to I do know, those. I know, and it's hot and, and we don't really give yeah. a shit. So let's, let's go back. But so, so what are our three goals then of trying to convert an organization to Office 365? One is efficiency. Yeah, we know that. Yes, yeah. you get latest Saving and greatest. Servers, yeah. latest and greatest software, yeah. uh, tools that you can get users to do business processes quicker yeah. and easier. So there's an efficiency. Yes. Okay. Yes. Number two? 
Might be cost savings cost anywhere, savings, or, but that's in the efficiency. Some licensing. What some... about uh, governance? Better governance and about record management and content management yeah. and knowledge management. Uh, that as well. I think that's yeah. I mean, absolutely. there's some efficiencies you, in there. You but... spoke about Etil before, like yep. okay, definitely. Also, one more that I came across. So in Finland, there's a new company that's being um, set up. And uh, they're going to do all things Microsoft, like just a normal consultancy company. But there was one sentence in the article that really struck me. And that was like, they are going to help companies reduce their carbon footprint by using Microsoft technology. So they're going to Microsoft data centers because they're using green energy more and more. So that reduces the carbon footprint of the customers that are using it. I like that. I like that. I, I, my my instinct wants to say, yeah, jump on the bandwagon, but yeah. but uh, but it is a very valid reason. Yeah. All right. So those are our three goals. It will not probably be the the biggest reason of them all. But no, of course not. But yeah. it's part of the, yeah. the you know the sell by reason. Yeah. So we now have our three goals. We know what our finishing line is. Now we get back to. How do we measure that, that we're actually on the way to do it? Yeah. So the greenhouse gas is easy. Yes. As you take out old servers yes. Yes. and as you stop running local power, yeah. you can calculate the CO2s associated yeah. with that and you can mm -hmm. show a reduction. Absolutely. Yeah. A solid target. The first yeah. one in our 30-minute conversation, <laughs> we've actually got a solid got measurable answer. target. Yes. Let's stop now. We've got some great whiskey to taste tonight. We do. We do. <laughs> Let's not yeah. worry about that. No, me. but uh, second one, uh, cutting costs. Cutting costs is not that difficult to measure because you've got your spending budget for IT, for your licenses, for your hardware, and then you've got your Office 365. You don't have that hardware anymore. Um, you don't have those same licenses. It's different. You can you can do some optimizations. You can you can play around with that. So you can get more or less of a defi definite definite yeah. a definitive. Yes, that one answer uh, for that. More or less, it will not be one. Don't weaken it. You were very positive today. No. Now you started going more or less because you looked at yeah. my face, and I was trying to work out no, whether no, 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 to no, pull no. out the bullshit okay. card. Yeah, but I wanted to work out how to how to say it because I think I wouldn't be doing my job unless I would say to people, "We can but, save you money in the long run." Of course, because but, one of the things is, for example, one of the the drivers in SharePoint back in 2013 for example it was if you need to search on a file share it would take you two minutes and if you search on sharepoint it will only take you 10 seconds so that will save you one minute and 50 seconds every time you search for something that is true and i have calculated that on a few projects yeah um but it, it actually also says that we haven't made a huge amount of overall improvement in the amount of time people spend looking for their content yeah but there are some improvements. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's a kind of measurable improvement. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that we talked about in our five stages of, you know, Office 365 alcoholism was the adoption and measuring the adoption. Yeah. So we're yeah. now back to our happiness or yeah. non-happiness scale. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we know that there's no such thing as a single figure. True. So what kind of measurements do we and can we do? Um, so... I'll give you a perfect example. I was working for a completely different client uh, a few months ago, um, and uh, this question came up. 
um, and uh, we looked at how they used to get hold of their content through file shares and stuff, mm -hmm. and then how they get onto it now. And they'd made no investment into extra networking because that was a cost they wanted to save. And of course, it was now taking 30 seconds longer to open a file. Well, 30 seconds was a slight exaggeration because yeah. uh, it was only a few months ago, so VPN and things were involved. But it was taking, let's say, three times as long yeah. to actually open a file all right, and get to a file. So, hey, there's my Maps Drive. Double-click on it, double-click on the file, the file opens. If I'm now doing it in SharePoint online, I've got to wait for the page to load and the yep. CSS and all that kind of stuff that we talked about before. And it can be sometimes 20 seconds before I can even click on the three dots and say, open in app. True. So going back to that kind of measurement of adoption, success, user improvement is easy, but you know, user contentment, uh, or are we going to get people going home and complaining to their husbands that, you know, and their wives, bloody updated my machine today and it's 10 times slower than it was last week and yeah. they say this is an improvement. And so you then end up with unhappy staff. True, but also that, like, how fast is my machine working is or could be very perceptive. I still remember that with, what was that, Windows 2000? that they when you booted up the machine it would load everything and in the end it would get you the start screen the desktop and in windows xp they turned that around so they would show you the desktop first and then in the background load everything so you would have the appearance that your machine was already ready and that it was much faster but it still had to do a number of things in the background so that's just a perception that it is moving much faster also just a second just a second that that's not fixing my problem where I can go, I'm going to go to my drive. Oh, sorry, I'm going to go to my site and start the stopwatch. Yeah, this yeah. is a physical number yes. now. 22 yes. seconds. Help yes. desk call. It took 22 seconds for my site to open. I used to be able to do this in three seconds. True. So yeah. how do we gauge that? I don't know. And I know I'm being a bit negative tonight, no, so I do apologize. I, okay. I haven't done this for a while. We'll fix that with a whiskey later yes, on. Yes, we will. It won't be much longer either because this subject's, as usual, eating up the time. Ah, so what good. is the ultimate measurement? We haven't got anywhere near it yet. Well, or, or, or the number of measurements. No. I think what, what, I, what I personally think what I would do if I would get a question like that from a company is I would involve... Uh, the people talking with people get their um, make create a form with some basic questions uh, and see how that relates in X months time. So, for example, at the moment, I'm doing a search project for a big customer multinational um, and we want to see how well people are using the search functionality. So we send out a form to a few hundred people. And on the search result uh, page, we've got a button saying, okay, how do you like your results? Are they what you want them to be? And so we're gathering feedback right now. Are people happy? Are people not happy? What can we change? So it's kind of constant feedback then. So it's a little, well, it's all the hotel industry, you know, yeah. it's uh, hey, review your hotel you stayed in last week. Yeah. Choose one of these happy faces and then answer 75,000 exactly. more questions. Like the one I got from the hotel when I was on holiday last week. So on the yes, <laughs> the, that was that was a useful question. Yes. I ended up with uh, what was it? Was it was was uh, was there any was there a shop in your hotel selling crocodile heads, tails, and yes. something yes. or other? Yes. And then there was 
one about whether they were, you were eating certain kinds of exotic food or not. Exactly. As if this was yeah. a, a normal question going but to maybe, Bournemouth. Maybe you have to say for the listeners where you were. So you were not Bournemouth. in Cuba or Mexico no, or everything. I was in but. southern England, <laughs> all right, at a good old-fashioned yes. old people's sort of resort, although it's not yes. that much nowadays. But yes, but I was being yeah. asked whether they were selling exotic animals in the hotels. But southern England is known for its... Crocodiles and crocodiles and yes, absolutely. But so, so maybe you're right. Maybe no. there is a, a kind of some way of doing instant feedback. So you know, how yeah, did your data even, go? Even that could fail because, for example, if you look at search analytics, like what are people searching for? Well, maybe they've already given up and they say, "I can't find anything there." I, I, I'm just going to ask my colleague. I'm not even going to try searching. Yeah, but for, I find that with search, though, there's a lot. There's so many variables you can oh, make yeah, valid assumptions. Yes. Yeah. Somebody that goes to a search page but never puts anything in the search bar obviously thought about it but yeah. didn't think it was good. So you no, could put that person down was a no confidence user. True. You know. True. So and people that end up respelling the word and so I think mm -hmm. that is interesting. But how you apply that then to Outlook and and Word and Excel. I, I think one of the biggest criteria to measure is the functionality that's being used. True. So, you know, things like you're first rolling out Office 365, you know, uh, how do you attach um, uh, a document to an email? And yep. ask them month one, ask them in month three, ask them in month five, six. If they're still doing the same thing in each of those three months, then your adoption plan has basically gone screwy or your training plan yeah. hasn't mm -hmm. gone through. If they're not using, you know, OneDrive to save their content and then using the recent documents list to actually attach a file and they're yep. not telling you about that anymore, then uh, somewhere along the way, your adoption plan is failing. True. So maybe that is have some value of where you're kind of regularly asking questions and, gauging those kind of improvements that you want the other thing that i think uh, that follows on um is uh people that attend training um and the things that the if you've got to define you will know at the end of this training these six things uh -huh. then those six things need to be asked you know yes, a month they need later to be tested so yeah. yeah do you remember you were told this and have you now using it in your day-to-day -day no. life yes or no no? Okay, then we either need to emphasize it or yeah. or our vision that people would do attachments in Outlook this way in future. Mm -hmm. that That's it's not going to work. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think Same thing somewhere. like, for example, folders in document library. Are you still using folders instead of metadata? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's my next year's project for a particular yeah. client is to be able to, well, this year we'll get everything migrated and next year we'll work out how to do that. So Clean that's what's up. nice is being able to focus on that mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was going towards, and it's gone completely out of my head now as I oh, started decided. Sorry. No, 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 Again. it's not your fault. Yeah. I was, uh, I was going to go with with that kind of measurement. So we we don't have a, a one-off measurement. We have that capability of of training and of adoption yeah. and being able to combine a score to be able to do a success. We've been able to do a, be able to combine scores and information to do efficiency and identification. Yeah. and then yeah. we've got um, obviously. <sighs> Yeah. you know, changes from the old to the new. Did you want to say something? Yeah. So one of the things that you can also take a look at is how many uh, less mistakes are being made. Ah, For example, yes. if you're a government and you need to process documents, 
how many documents have gone wrong or have gone under the radar or something throughput yeah. that's a very good yes. question so measuring like your that. throughput yes. in some way that yeah. i think that should be added to the equation yeah. too so it's now actually uh, kind of nearly 20 40 minutes in and it's a hot day and i don't want to go on too much but no. i wanted to get back to where i was going to go with this and i've not mentioned this to you before so here you go right <laughs> so we, we know what the vision is and we've got some idea of where our goal is. We're starting to roll this stuff out and we've got a number of questions going into these users and everything else. And then Microsoft come along and they introduce Outlook Spaces. Yeah. So here we have a, a product that nobody's asking for. All right. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's actually saying, hey, you know, the biggest problem with Outlook is that I can't kind of combine all the tasks and all the meetings and all the emails that are on one subject. Nobody's asking for it, but Microsoft are actually releasing it. So my question to you is this. Based on the fact that you've got all of this information being collected, is any of that going to help you to make an assumption of whether you should roll spaces out or whether you should just pretend it doesn't exist? Ooh, that's a good question. Because, you know, I, I receive, especially at the moment for some reason, Microsoft are really focused on new functionality that's coming through. Yes. And you, you're an MVP. You you know the stuff that's coming around the corner. We've got Ignite coming in in September. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we know that Microsoft are going to be putting stuff in there and, and oh, out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. And Spaces yeah. is probably going to be one of those key ones in terms of, of the new yeah, one yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We know it's in the release for, for in, August. It's in the roadmap. So you have to make the decision. Like the Cortana email. Are you going yes. to turn it off or leave it on? Yeah. So should yeah. you be, how do you get to the position where you can make a judgment and go, you know, this is how our users will respond, and I am 80% sure I'm right. Mm -hmm. Told you you'd hear the dog, everybody. She's yeah. decided that I'm fed up being quiet. I'm now going to sit there and annoy Moraine yeah. and uh, bark behind him. So anyway, my, the question uh, stands. Yeah. And I don't know the answer Could, necessarily. No, but me neither. I don't know if that is really... Because Office 365 is such a wide platform. So if I ask you... Are you happy with your car? Then do you want to buy a broccoli? So I think it's it's that kind of thing. That's so be bullshit. Because okay. you're driving yeah. a red car, that means you want to paint your walls in blue. Nope, that's irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. If we're talking about Outlook Spaces, it's touching all the things you do on a regular basis. I make tasks, I make meetings, and I open emails. True. But do I actually know whether I want to do those together? I do get where you're coming from. The, yeah, it is yeah. such a diverse product. Yeah. You've got no idea whether there is a value to it or not. And exactly. Actually, I mean, if you take word alone, if I'm a scientist, I'm going yeah. to use a different set of word than if I'm a lawyer. Yes. I, I get that. Yeah. But in terms of Outlook spaces, uh, it's it's something that everybody does. They do tasks. Yes, they absolutely. Do so I think then the goal is for IT to grab some of the business users show that functionality of Outlook Spaces and ask them if that could be something that they could use, for example, for their projects. Or to ask them, how are you How are you doing projects right now? Do you manage these tasks in this and this way? So these are our I'm champions sure. and ambassadors. Yeah. What worries me about that, and I thought about that too this afternoon when I was chewing this one over. What worries me about that is that half the champions go, yeah, this is bloody awesome. And half the champions go, Nobody will use it. True. How's that going to make your decision making? So do you go, you know, well, do you actually do a Hillary and Trump decision that yes, 50.7% is a yes. 
so we will go with it you know <laughs> well the thing is you don't you don't have to roll it out for everyone and not everyone has to use it you can always say okay division one says that they really want to start using it okay we'll roll it out for them and division two says nah it's not for us okay you don't have to use it you can just use whatever else you want to use so what we're saying is that because of the diversity Every tool will always find an audience. You're just never quite sure how big the audience exactly. is going to be. Yes. We, right now, we've got a big discussion coming up, and I'm, I'm seeing it more and more on, on Twitter and, and on, uh, on the internet, is when are you using what in terms of tasks and lists and planner? Because we've got the new list functionality now coming out. Do I want to use that for my tasks? Do I want to use my planner? Do I want to use my to-do? When is tasks going to be there? So that, that's... But is Office Spaces not where... Wow, just a minute. My brain no is idea. just going off okay. one side here. So if we, if we take the idea that this canvas that, you know, Office Spaces is mm -hmm. where you can drag in... Um, emails and tasks and uh, meetings and bring them together and then you know we mix in a bunch of ai and even you know cort um, cortex mm -hmm. in the future mm -hmm. then is that concept of this whiteboard where you can throw stuff on there whether it's from a list or a library or a task or an email or a i have so no idea maybe yeah. maybe that's where this is going that's interesting isn't it yeah Maybe that concept of this idea of having that freedom, the ability to do and change whatever you want to go with. And we are in a different kind of world now, you know. No, it's uh, true. I, I'm, yeah. I'm hearing that I won't be going back to the office in September as I kind of expected to be doing for one of my bigger customers. Um, and so, you know, I think it really is time to go. All right, let's assume we don't go back till January. Um, or we don't go back at all. Or maybe and we don't maybe go back the at all. World what kind of tools different. will the world need then? And yes. the idea of having my desktop as an, an empty canvas where I can stripe it along and find my Monday and have everything that's collated and be in there and then swipe it along and find a particular subject. Yeah. Maybe this maybe it is the time for Cortex. Maybe those kinds of things are actually arriving. True. It's it's AI will definitely help for that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. So Ignite should be an interesting uh, few days in September. True. It's and then a few more days in February or something. But yeah, you No, it's not going to be the same. I, I posted that on, on Facebook or on Twitter a few days ago. Like, I'm, I, I understand that you don't want to have 30,000 people from all over the world into one big place. I understand you don't want to do that in these days. But I'm just gonna miss it. I I had so much fun at Ignite, and no, no, you yeah. need to say you learned so much. I at learned, Ignite. Mr. Taxman. I learned so much, yep. uh, dear accountant. It was such a good networking expertise uh, possibility. Um, yes, no, exactly. but the, the, I agree with you, and yeah. I don't think anybody argues that people are people. True, but actually. If those things are not going to happen again, we have to find a better way of doing it. We recorded something that, uh, tonight from uh, Dylan Haynes that we'll show in a, a will play in a future yeah. podcast, where he really is gearing himself up to be able to present and teach and 
show people from his desktop. You know, yeah. he's he's taken on the frame of mind that says, look, this is going to be around for a while and uh -huh. I want to do a better job of being able to collaborate from my point of office. Sure. And uh, I really look forward to uh, to dropping that into a podcast in the future because it was a great piece. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the world is changing. Yeah. Now, it is in a big, big change today in that it's so bloody hot that I haven't got any whiskey glasses sorted out or no, anything. No, so, you know what I'm okay. going to do? I'm going to do something we've never, ever done before. Um, I'm actually going to pause it. So, guys, um, just enjoy this silence for about two seconds. All right, we pause, Moraine. Now, what bloody are we going to do? Are we going to go outside and drink the whiskey or are we actually going to do it as we normal? oops we're being oh well, well we'll leave them here anyway you oh. want to go outside yeah just Let's, just go outside it's such it's still 150 degrees outside so but the radio mics aren't set up we're still tied to the cables ah well maybe we can just use our um our phone uh, all right Okay, there we go then. Tell you what, we're going to uh, drop it in. We're going to go outside, enjoy the cooling evening. Yes. And Moraine's going to run off and get a cigar, I think, probably. Yes. And yes. Uh, I will set up a roving microphone. We'll go and get some whiskey. We'll sit outside in the garden. Guys, we'll be back to you in a minute or two. Boom. Okay, so here we are. We actually hit the garden. Look, I'll show you the microphone. Can you see it all? It's a beautiful night. The bats will start flying around shortly. And uh, we've changed our mind on whiskey. We're going to save this a little bit later. So Moraine bought some Speyside whiskey with him this time. Uh, uh, Tomintule? Tomintul? Tomintul. And he has a 10, a 25, and a 16-year. And we were really looking forward to doing a tasting and comparing the two. Is that what you had in mind? It's actually three little bottles, and the the idea the idea was indeed to try because we have a Tomintul 10 years old, a 16 year old, 25 year old. So the idea was to see what the age difference uh, would make uh, for these uh, little bottles or for the for the taste, presuming that they are all kept in the same barrel. Of course, I have no idea, uh, but um, we're going with something else. Which Maybe is because we're running out of time and we don't want to drink three whiskeys and we're going to drive. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So then again, we're going for a French whiskey, another French whiskey after the Le Pertuis. There we go. I hope you can catch that sound of the cork going out. And this is a French whiskey called Berclou, and it is uh, distilled somewhere in the in the. Uh, Charente in the in the west uh, region, uh, somewhere a little bit down below Nantes. Um, it has a Pinot de Charente finish. Correct. I just read. Yep. Um, and it's young. It's, it's it's young. It's not years. No, no true. It's it's uh, months in the barrel. Uh, it's set on the on the only uh, tasting note that we could find uh, online. So a few months. We have to do our own, I guess. I see the color. Yes. All right, color, 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 color. It's actually a lovely color. It's uh, it is that warming brown color yes. that you get in a whiskey. Yes. You know, you can get some light whiskies, and you think, hey, it's time for a Wardorf salad, and I'll have a whiskey with that. Um, you know, the Writer's Tears is a typical example. You know, you're going to get sort of apples and fresh, but this has got that warm end of day, which is perfect for sitting in the garden. I even brought the crystal glasses out, yeah. so no posh tasting glasses today. Moraine has got his cigar on him, and uh, and I'm going to taste this, but let's give you a nose first of all. 
It's warming. It's inviting nose, isn't it? It's very, very caramel, sugary. Yeah, give it a swing around the glass and you really start to get uh, some of the high notes out of it. I smell some cigar as well, but that might be... That might be <laughs> swap hands, yes. swap hands. It's lovely, but there's a touch of orange in there too. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Who's going to taste it first? So here he goes. He's going to have a cigar tasting uh, whiskey, but they go so well together. Oh, very, very, very sweet. You definitely get that Pinot de Charente in there. I think so. Very sweet. What can, what can I bring out of that? Definitely some fruit. N not a lot of vanilla. No. Um, Definitely a fruit mash. And the orange as well. But orange not really like in a Jaffa cake, but more in a in a real fruity way. I don't think it's overly yeah. sweet though. I had a, I, I can taste a lot of sugar in there. Um, but if it's, if it's fresh in the barrel... Sorry, yeah, we've only got the one microphone because we couldn't be asked to bring the kit out. But if, it, if it's fresh in the barrel, it's it's going to be a little on the heavy side. You're right. It'd be interesting to say what they taste like in five years or something. Second taste is better. More, I don't want to say plums. It's prunes. It's kind of um, stewed fruits rather than fresh fruits. But you get that in a warming whiskey. You know, this is a fireside kind of drink. You know, we're in the right time, but we're in the wrong place for this whiskey. Uh, nice evening, um, but uh, it's a hot summer's day. We're just thoroughly enjoying the fact that we've lost 10 degrees on the temperature today. And here we are drinking French whiskey. It has a hint of peat. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Um, um, I want to say it's smoke. It may be, but the finish is long. I can still taste it, actually. And for a very young whiskey, that does very, very well. It's actually a good, I think it, this is a proper good whiskey. Aye, just to let you know in case you didn't hear that, Moraine thinks it's a proper good whiskey. I think he's right. I think we've had two French whiskies now, yeah. both of which we thought were excellent. Sure. So that's cool. All right, so there we go. I'm going to hand the microphone over to Moraine shortly just to finish off. But uh, it was an interesting podcast. And to be honest, folks, we weren't sure whether we were going to do it or not. There was at one point we we're going, it's too bloody hot. Let's just do it tomorrow. And then we realized we were too busy. And, you know, life is starting to get back to normal after we've both been on holiday. But I'm glad we did it. I was really quite intrigued by this idea of uh, ascertaining value and measurement and working out where we wanted to go with the direction I wanted to kind of go to at one point was about responsibility and accountability for supporting and managing. But let's save that for another podcast because I think that uh, that will be interesting. And of course, when we get the whiskey out of a minute, we'll forget. So we'll have to remember it when we record this. So anyway, Steve Dobby is going to say uh, good night. Uh, it is night time, so I'm going to say good night. Thank you for listening. And I'll pass over to Moraine, who can put a, a closing note on the whiskey and uh, what he thought of today's podcast. And it's always fun when I get here to Steve's house and then we always have like this discussion, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and then Steve always brings up some kind of topic where I'm thinking like, oh God, we can never fill a full hour with this topic and I don't know anything about this topic. But somehow we always do. And then we always end up with a brilliant whiskey, some of which I've never heard of or never 
had imagined drinking like this French whiskey, which is just awesome. And then I just, yeah, I just love that. Life is and good. Life is good. It's agreeable temperature right now. We're sitting outside and being eaten by mosquitoes. I've got a brilliant cigar with me for the people that want to know. It's a Romeo y Julieta White Churchill. Um, and we've got a brilliant whiskey. There's brilliant company. So I think we're going to have a brilliant conversation off podcast. So thank you all for listening and uh, talk to you next time. If I give you a bottle, will that help you hit the road? That would be awesome. If only we could put whiskey in the cloud and build an app to download it straight into the glass. And you said I was the millennial. All right. Out, out. Thank you, miss. See you next time. Oh, Steve, you know what? You know what we forgot to talk about? Next time, Moran, on the next Office 365 Easter.